Okay, the domestic season is well and truly upon us now. And with the county championship starting in under two weeks, uh, we thought we'd better get busy and talking to some of the major players for the domestic season. And there are none bigger on the domestic county scene than the Essex T20 captain, Mr. Simon Harmer. Simon, welcome to 98 Out. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, you are looking pretty healthy, I must say. I spent 10 days in Kenya, so it's probably the tan that's doing it for me. But yeah, I'll take the compliments. Thanks. <laughs> so Essex busy again. Um, we've seen some videos of the uh, the beep tests and all that stuff going on indoors. And uh, a bit of outdoor action now with a warm-up game against uh, Lancashire. How are the squad and what's the feeling in the camp? I, I want to throw it out there that Essex must be up there with uh, one of the fittest counties. Um, the yo-yo scores that we that we put in are, are pretty impressive. Um, guys like Sir Alistair Cook and Aaron Beard finished it, um, which in my professional career, I've never seen somebody finish a yo-yo test. So, um, yeah, I think the boys are incredibly fit, worked hard. Obviously, there wasn't a hell of a lot to do over the winter besides uh, fitness. Um, skills were a bit harder to come by with indoor facilities and social distancing, etc. But yeah, I think the, the four-day game against Lanx has been a, a good exercise. Um, it's obviously not ideal weather to be playing cricket in, but uh, um, yeah, I think there's, there's been some, some good performances. What's the state of... Um, there aren't any injury problems or any concerns? Because it must be difficult being so inactive due to lockdown over the winter. But uh, it sounds like everyone's uh, raring to go. Yeah, I think the, the medical staff, Chris Clark Irons, Harry McQueen... Um, have been very diligent in, in how the guys have come back. Um, they're very aware with the fast bowlers in terms of workloads and, and making sure that it's a, a gradual process to sort of getting them back to where they need to be. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a lot of injury concern. Um, I think if you looked around the world at sport last year um, and the reintroduction of professional sport, there was a lot more injuries than sort of necessarily would have occurred. Um, so yeah, touch wood, uh, we're all good to go for now. Um, what are the targets for Essex this year? I mean, I know usually it's win everything because they always do. Um, but uh, it's a more expanded season this year. It's longer. Um, you've got more competitions to go for. Is there any sort of priority list for the guys? Um, not really. Our sort of mantra, if you want to call it that, is to try and win every game of cricket that we play in. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be extremely tough playing 10 four-day games in a row, um, especially we just spoke about sort of the fitness and injury aspect. I think the ability to keep sort of the squad fresh um, and to make sure that we have the depth to be able to rotate players if they, if they do need a break. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've done extremely well in, in four-day cricket over the last four years. Um, we showed glimpses of what we sort of capable of in, in 2019 in white ball cricket. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd love to, to win another two trophies this season. Um, I definitely want to try and get the team to finals day. That's, that's one of my goals. Um, and yeah, I think if we can sort of maintain uh, the fitness of the squad, there's no reason why we can't be pushing to, to sort of win the county championship and the Bob Willis trophy. And the, you mentioned about the depth of the squad and the Lancashire game at the moment. There's, there's a lot of youngsters coming through, aren't there? I mean, some of those that Darren and I know very well from, from Billericay and Brentwood. 
Um, so the future looks really bright. Yeah, I think um, with how well we've done over the last few years, opportunities have been few and far between for some of the younger players, um, which I think has been quite a challenge for the club. Um, but I mean, if you, if you look around at the structures involved in Essex and the amount of players that have come through the system, um, I think it's only myself and Tendo that sort of haven't come through the from the youth structures sort of mm -hmm. up. Um, so yeah, I think um, it's it's going to be tough for the youngsters to break in, but it's good to know that that we've got a good stable of, of guys coming through. Um, and obviously, the biggest thing is for them to hit the ground running and and not sort of need a season to sort of get used to to the intensity of, of first-team cricket. I think it is quite different to to second-team cricket. Um, but, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of talented players in our squad. Yeah, and it looks from Paul Walter from, from Billericay is pretty, pretty well established nowadays. But uh, the Brentwood boys, Ben Allison, Harry Phillips, Will Bottle, and they all seem to have done pretty well over the last couple of days. Yeah, um, all sort of really good individuals, uh, good people as well. Um, you know, Ben Allison has sort of been pushing hard. He's there and there about. Um, he's got a lot of potential and a lot of skill. And, you know, guys like Will Battleman um, have, again, they've, they've had sort of glimpses in at the first team. Um, but I think Adam Wheat has got, got that spot tied down for now. So it sort of puts more emphasis on, on their batting. A guy like Michael Pepper as well. Um, they're probably going to have to break into the team as batters. We, over the next sort of two or three years, if you look at the makeup of, of our team and squad at the moment, um, there's probably going to be a few guys uh, retiring and moving on. Um, so there are going to be opportunities and they need to make sure that they're ready. Will Bosselman probably does a better dinosaur impression than the, uh, than the other keepers. <laughs> he does, he does. He's got a lot of hidden talents uh, and a lot of party tricks. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a good singer as well, uh, especially in his hot tub at about two o'clock in the morning. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a really good guy. We spent quite a, a bit of time there uh, in the summer last year. Um, they've got a tennis court at home, so we played a bit of tennis and and spent some time with him. So yeah, he's he's a good kid. It's a it's an amazing story the, the 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 academy at Essex. It's a long running tradition, and as you said, you know the current squad. So many have come through that, but it's nothing new. You know, you go back 30, 40 years, and you can see if you go in uh, when you look in the indoor school and you look on the academy board, it's amazing the names of youngsters that were on there, including Sir Alistair Cook, who came through the system. Um, but there has been a, a change in Essex over the last five years where all of a sudden we seem to turn around with the arrival of Chris Silverwood as coach. Uh, and I think Ronnie Arani's more active involvement um, from the committee side, but the brand of cricket that Essex played all of a sudden seemed to change. Uh, and it was more aggressive, more positive. Why did that, or how did that come about? Um, I don't, I obviously didn't follow Essex before I got to Essex. Um, but in terms of, of sort of, what I've seen since I've been there, um, the talk at that 27 media day, I'll, I'll never, ever forget. All the reporters wanted to know is um, if Essex could do enough to stay up in Division 1. And we had just got back from sort of pre-season and spent some time with the guys and seen what we had. And I couldn't believe that the narrative wasn't, well, 
You know, we, we're pushing for a top three spot or at least looking to, to put pressure on, on Middlesex or some of the other sort of formidable counties. Um, so I think there was a massive mind, um, sort of mindset shift. Um, I think the addition of me coming into the squad, obviously they never foresaw that it was going to pay the dividends that it has. But I think the move from the club, from Ronnie Irani, from Chris Silverwood, um, to acknowledge that they needed an outright spinner, that it, it could help them in four-day cricket, even if it was only from sort of the middle of the year onwards. Um, I think that added a lot of sort of balance to the team. Um, and yeah, like I said, it, I, I didn't even imagine that it would, would go as well as it had. Um, but I think if you look at how well Jamie Ports has done, I mean, he's also been up there with leading wicket-takers, um, over the last four seasons. And everybody's chipped in when guys have come in. They've done well. Aaron Beard's come in and, and put in some big performances. Dan Lawrence, a young kid. Um, I mean, he was, I think he was 19 in 2017. And it was that the marker in the, in, in the sand for me was um, we played against Lancashire at Chelmsford and they dominated us for three and a half days. And we needed to bat five sessions to save the game. And Dan Lawrence batted until the end of play on day four, got 100 and something not out, and was an incredibly mature innings for such a young kid. And I think that was when the belief started that, well, if, if, we, can, if we can draw games like that, that we normally lose against teams like Lancashire, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't go toe-to-toe. And then I think the big thing was us beating Middlesex at home in that day-night game with them being the current champions, we all felt and knew that if we beat them, we'd, we'd have a serious chance. Um, and then I think as the sort of momentum started to build and the belief started to grow, um, the sort of group of guys that we've got is, um, you know, extremely talented, but sometimes it's, it's, it's full and well knowing that, that you can do something, um, but then it's another thing doing it. And then I think when we started to do it and we gained the confidence from that, that's kind of where, where things changed for us. That night at Edgbaston in 2019, um, I was there and <laughs> I know how my emotions were. Just just give us your, 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 your memories of, of that wonderful night. Yeah, again, um, I'd heard so much talk about uh, Essex had never made it to the final. They were always sort of on the M25 back to Chelmsford by midday. Um, so there was a lot of like baggage and history. And I was like, well, the way that we got into finals day, the stars sort of started to align. Um, Glamorgan needed to beat Hampshire. They hadn't won a game in like 17 or 18 matches. They managed to beat Hampshire. We beat Kent. And then we drew Derbyshire in in the semi-final and I think of of all the teams and absolutely no disrespect to Derbyshire but of the other three teams if we could have picked a team it probably would have been Derbyshire because if we could beat Derbyshire and got, get into the final anything was possible um, and the way that we set up as a team in that competition with Ravi and Ports and, and Sam Cook, myself, Adam Zampa we were really good on slow wickets um, and yeah, we got to Edgebaston. We played the second semi-final, so it was a used wicket already. And it was slow. It was turning. It couldn't have been a better wicket for us as a team. Um, and yeah, just everything fell into place up until that last ball. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it now. It's, it's still a vivid, vivid memory and, and something I think I'll look back on my career with, with extremely fond memories. Quiet changing room afterwards? Yeah, so we got all the family and friends in. Um, obviously, there was unlimited beers and, yeah, we just... I guess the, the the family and friends got a bit of an insight into the dressing room and we were singing and had a little fines meeting and, yeah, I just sunk a few beers before getting on the bus. We obviously knew that we had... Uh, we had Taunton uh, in a couple of days, so we, we couldn't get blind. Um, but, yeah, we got back to the hotel then and all the um, sponsors that had come down for the game were there in the hotel lobby. They had sort of booked out the bar. So we had a couple more beers there. Uh, yeah, it's good memories. Uh, and then uh, how's it been playing? Uh, I, I think we're going to see some spectators back this year. Um, I, I think that does make a difference, does it? Because it must be a bit weird playing in empty stadiums like you did last year. Yeah, I think it's like playing cricket in South Africa. Um, the support isn't great there. So you four-day games, you play in empty stadiums. So um, it was a familiar feeling for me. But I think... The biggest thing is on day three when you've been in the fields for a day and a half and you need a bit of extra energy and the crowd's there and they're buzzing and there's eyes on you, it kind of gives you that that adrenaline rush that you need um, where you didn't really have that. Um, and even watching cricket, watching the India-England series, the first two sways where they had crowds in, like the viewing experience is completely different to when they then went and played in, in empty stadiums. So... I think both from from that sort of perspective, a, a viewing perspective as well. I'm guessing that's why there's ten four day games in a row, so that when the T20s and hundred do roll around, um, that there, there is a possibility that there could be fans in the stadium. But yeah, it, it doesn't feel normal, and I think we we're all looking forward to getting fans back. We've got quite a following um, from fans in South Africa. There's a there's a whole group of them in Cape Town that follow the show and message yeah. me with all kinds of. Polite and sometimes not polite messages, but um, they love to show, particularly when England were down there this time last year. Um, watching cricket in South Africa is a different experience. They had the bride going, they had the beer cans and shorts and flip-flops and uh, just just amazing. And it is it is good how the, the, the spectator experience varies around the world. You mentioned India just a minute ago, but uh, I mean, yeah, you guys down in South Africa know how to watch cricket as well, don't you? Well, I think... Especially when England's there, the Barmy Army is a big factor in that. I'll never forget uh, a test series there. It wasn't the last test series. It was the series before that. At Newlands, obviously, South African breweries who produce Castle and all of those beers um, had allocated a certain amount of beer for the five days for the test match. And in the first day, the Barmy Army, although it wasn't just them, finished the entire allotment of beer that they had set aside <laughs> for the test match on day one. Don't so underestimate the Barmy Army. Exactly. You can you can understand the atmosphere and um, and yeah, it is it is a very festive and social event. Um, well, we're looking forward to Chelmsford. Uh, you know, we talk about cricket atmospheres, and Chelmsford on a Friday night on the T Twenty is is up there with probably the best in the country for that tournament. Play, people we've had on the show before always talk about coming to Chelmsford. What how? On the one hand, it's intimidating because um, it's very noisy. The fans are very close to the pitch. But also, um, it's a great place to play T20. So, I suppose all of us, uh, you included, can't wait for those Friday nights to come back. 
Yeah, I think it's a great place to play T20 cricket if you're a batter because it's a very small ground. It's more like a postage stamp than a cricket ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, the crowd gets extremely rowdy. And without fail, it doesn't matter if you are opposition team or the home team. If you're doing the evening sessions so or the second innings, um, you're going to get abused. It's just <laughs> part and parcel of being a Chelmsford. Um, you have to engage with the crowd. Otherwise, they are just going to abuse you. Um, but if you if you get them to laugh or whatever, then, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, they are very engaging. So, um, yeah, uh, I can't wait for, for Friday nights back at the Fortress. Ronnie Irani famously knows about engaging with the crowd, doesn't he? He's, uh, he's warm-ups in the outfield a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Ronnie's a good character. Um, he's always around there. Um, difficult to get a word in when he's around, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a lovely bloke. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky that you know you're surrounded by legends. I mean, Ronnie, but then there's Graham Gooch, Keith Fletcher. Um, there's a lot of, of 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 real. I mean, both of those are England captains. You know, let alone Essex captains. So the infrastructure and support network around, I guess even in the dressing room, like you say, uh, there's yourself, there's Sir Alistair Cook, there's Tendo. There's, there's real quality in, in the, sort of the, 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 the structure. Yeah, I think for guys like Graham Gooch and Keith Fletcher to sort of still be around, to still um, be having an influence on the club, uh, you know, it's, it's their passion. It still is. Um, years and years after their, their playing career is finished. Um, I don't think that anybody in England has watched more cricket than Keith Fletcher. He's always down at twos games, uh, club games, watching talent come through. So I think he's been an integral part of, of the sort of pipeline at Essex. Um, and, and Gucci's done an incredible job with his trust, um, raising money for the club, um, allowing youngsters to sort of go and play in Australia or South Africa during the winters. Um, he does a lot for the club and, and I think it just shows the sort of magnitude and stature that those two people are. They, they're incredible people and, and they plough their hearts and soul into the club and, and it goes a long way. Um, and then, yeah, just in terms of the, the change of environment, there's so many um, sort of wise heads around and, and guys that have been around for a long time. Even a guy like um, Varun Chopra, who's you know, he's, he's been around the block. He's, he's always a steady head and, and somebody to bounce ideas off. Um, yeah, and then you've got the greatest English test batsman of all time. So um, I was speaking about it the other day, the, the ability to sort of stand and slip after bowling and over and speak to Adam Wheater or Wheat um, and, and Chef about uh, my over, about my pace, about what the batsman's looking to do, like... And the feedback that you get from that, from the keeper who's basically standing in the batter's shoes and Alistair Cook who's standing at slip, I mean, it's invaluable and, and, and helped me so much. Especially when you start getting a little bit hot under the collar, if something's not going your way, for guys to just give you a couple of ideas or to calm you down, it, it helps a lot. Must be an amazing thing. And, and I've always noticed with, um, with, with Chef that he, he always... There was always a difference between when he was playing, particularly when he, came, when he retired from England and was, was playing at Essex. He just seemed a bit more relaxed, a bit more like he was with his proper mates. He's enjoying himself. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're captain in England, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders, but definitely um, he seemed a bit more 
um, at home, almost literally, if you like. And it, it does seem to rub off, rub off on the rest of you guys. Yeah, I think... Obviously, the, the press can be quite brutal in the UK. And I think when he was captain, um, there were so many controversies and issues and everything gets blown out of proportion. And he's in the middle of that storm. And if you know him, he's like the complete opposite. He just wants to play cricket. He wants to farm um, and have a beer. Like that chef, he loves his family time. He loves his farm and he loves his cricket. But yeah, I think then once that had been lifted off his shoulders and and I think he always felt, even when he was still playing for England, coming back into the Essex dressing room, it was sort of where his mates were. Um, it was a lot more of a relaxed environment and not as high pressure. And he could just enjoy his cricket. Um, and I think it's been the same for him since he's sort of retired from international cricket and had the option to just go back and farm, but decided to give three years back to Essex, which I think in itself is, is an incredible um, sort of thing to do. Um, and yeah, I think he's really enjoyed his cricket. Um, it's given him something to do as well. I think he would have gone mad on the farm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really good having him around and especially with the development of the youngsters, guys coming through. Um, and yeah, he's becoming a, a better beer drinker as well, which I'm, I'm sure is one of his, his uh, things that he'll take out of his time. <laughs> it's all about practice. <laughs> yeah. You've got to enjoy yourself. You train hard, but... Let me tell you, the boys do know how to enjoy themselves. I think that's that's enough of your time that we've uh, we've taken up, Simon. Um, many mm -hmm. many thanks from from Webby and I for for, for having a chat, and it was uh, it's great. Always, it's always great to catch up with you. No dramas, anytime.